0: Mark Latham, good morning. How are Hello you, Marcus, mate? Marcus. How are you going? All right, thank you. Uh, how did Gladys get things so wrong? Well, I think there was an element of complacency. One of the
1: worst things you can do in politics, Marcus, is believe your own propaganda. And all that talk of gold standard and New South Wales never locks down, New South Wales is much better than Victoria. Um, I think the government got very complacent, thinking that once Delta got into Western Sydney, it wouldn't be... Uh, unlike the lockdown they had in the northern beaches earlier this year now the northern beaches there are working from home or people enjoying their christmas break enjoying their ocean views middle class people are a world apart from the areas we're talking about in western sydney that have been so problematic Uh, canterbury cumberland fairfield where you've got high proportions of low-income people high proportion of non-english speaking so you know, um, a communications gap and even knowing what the health orders might be, uh, reading their data and information about COVID. And this Liberal government wouldn't know uh, anything, really. They, they, they wouldn't um, really understand anything much to do with those communities. Um, and they've got it really got it wrong. They were very complacent, not understanding how hard it would be to get health order compliance in those particular places.
0: Yeah, look, I agree with you. And uh, that's why on this program, I made a very conscious decision to play a number of, of MPs of ethnic backgrounds, reading out some of the health orders and vaccination advice, advice only. Uh, in their native tongue because I thought the message obviously wasn't getting out to areas of southwestern Sydney and the inner west and you know where sometimes uh, we don't have language uh, spoken as the first language uh, first uh, uh, choice rightly or wrongly that's beside the point that's a debate for the, for another day what we do need to ensure is that the message gets out and I uh, I was a little cranky about it I thought well why can I opposing MPs and others, even like yourself, and and say, Labor, for instance, why are they coming up with all these ideas and social media campaigns to get the message out there and the government's doing nothing about it? I've seen nothing. And even at a federal level, uh, just a, a day or two ago, it might have even been yesterday, Anthony Albanese made a, uh, gave a question in Parliament about why the health advice in different languages hadn't been updated at a federal level on their federal website. I mean, there's, they've dropped the ball on this. Well, they have. I think it took over a month
1: for those 11am press conferences by the Premier to be translated into community languages. So wouldn't you think that was obvious from day one? Yes. Many things have been missed here because they didn't understand those communities. But let's also be honest, those communities have been allowed to develop problems and issues. I mean, they have high high rates of unemployment, and with that comes a crime rate, a, a yep. cash economy. And I think it still stands to reason that um, speaking English is a great thing for the community. It means we can all talk to each other, get to know each other. That's how you build a genuine community and how you find out about important public information. So well, uh, for many, many years... I can go back to the time of Whitlam and Fraser. They said multiculturalism is a good thing, but we've all got to speak English to talk to each other. That's dropped off the agenda. And communities there have been allowed to have their own language. They don't really need to know English. They don't watch any English media. The the, the shops are in their particular language. Uh, They talk that on the streets. So, you know, if you live a life apart according to language, then it's not surprising You wouldn't know about the health orders. You wouldn't necessarily know about the problems with the the virus. And the rest of us, um, you know, are in lockdown as a consequence of that particular isolation.
0: Tanya Davies has broken ranks. Um, You've criticised some of... uh, Well, no, are you criticising Tanya? I mean, she's no, 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 I think you're, Tanya you're has taken a brave
1: her. stand inside yes. her party yeah, to say that the Liberal Party should respect freedom of choice. That's right. I yep. mean, you've got the Prime Minister saying that the vaccines are not mandatory, OK? We've never had mandatory vaccines. We've never had a system in Australia where the government yeah. um, uh, grabs hold of you and, 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 and puts a certain medicine in your system, OK? It's always been voluntary. And she's saying, why would someone like Victor Dominello, the customer service minister, be on social media promoting a vaccine passport, which is a mandatory vaccine, in effect, because you can't mm-hmm. go apart, go about your normal life uh, unless you've got the vaccine. You can't go to the supermarket to buy food. You can't go somewhere out, basic entertainment for you and your family. You can't have a job unless you've got a vaccine. That sort of coercion runs against the Liberal grain, True. and Tanya Davies has taken a brave stance to say, let's stick to our Liberal principles.
0: That's right. But Chris Minns uh, has, I guess, supported these vaccine passports. We've heard from uh, the Fair Work Ombudsman, who's unveiled a a four-tier system to explain when and how it would be lawful and reasonable for bosses to compel their staff to be vaccinated. Uh, I have to say, like it or not, it, it appears we are heading toward this kind of vaccine passport in order to get back to work, Mark.
1: Well, we need to be careful and the Fair Work Ombudsman has given some useful guidance to say that the um, vaccination system is most relevant in industries where you've got frontline contact. Obviously, you want your people in the hospitals and aged care quarantine systems to be vaccinated that stands to reason but if you're working outside for instance you're a a gardener you're in the construction industry you're picking up glasses in a beer garden Mm. we haven't had a single outdoor vaccination uh, um, we haven't had a single outdoor transmission of the virus in new south wales over the 18 month period so and 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 the ombudsman's also pointing out that you need to have a you know a covid problem Uh, in that particular location to justify um, uh, vaccinations in the workplace. So workers have rights. And I think it was very, very much um, uh, over the top Mm -hmm. and uh, unnecessary for Chris Minns to jump in right now with Craig Laundie, of all people, and support a vaccine passport, because, Marcus, we've got to wait and see, will we get to herd immunity? If, if the yeah. vaccination rollout reaches herd immunity and the virus is not circulating in the community, according to the ombudsman there, Chris Minns has well and truly jumped the gun
0: Well, I think he's just trying to be popular, obviously. And look, uh, herd immunity, whether it's 70 or 80 percent, is still probably a couple of months away. Uh, I think we're a third of the way there, according to official figures this morning. So it's a a while off yet. Something that uh, Canberra's been locked down, as we know. And today there was supposed to be a Senate inquiry in relation to media ownership and diversity, all the rest of it. Uh, That's been, I'm, I'm told now, that's actually been postponed, Mark.
1: Yeah, because of the lockdown in the ACT, but uh, they're denying us our basic entertainment. Everyone had the popcorn ready (laughs) to go. Uh, Lockdown's (laughs) tough. The Olympics has ended. Um, Alan Jones versus Kevin Rudd. uh, Rowan Dean versus Sarah Hansen-Young. This was going to be the best show in town. I'd buy a ticket.
0: I'd buy a ticket. Absolutely. absolutely.
1: It was going to be there on TV, on Sky News itself, I I anticipate. So what a shame (laughs) that it's uh, been postponed because of one... Person in the yeah. ACT who's uh, facilitated this uh, lockdown, so we'll have to put the popcorn away for another day.
0: I look forward to it. Just on that, I just want to get your thoughts on it. I've got a couple of journo's who work out of Goulburn uh, have sent me a note this morning. The ACT have exempted a couple of areas. Uh, in a, in other words, because you know they've closed the borders uh, for a week, a snap lockdown, so to speak, from Andrew Barr, the chief minister there, um, but he's exempted places like Yes and other areas just outside of the territory. But if you're Goulburn, you travel to and from Goulburn, don't bother. The problem is a lot of people travel from Goulburn to Canberra uh, for medical appointments and thousands, I don't know the exact figure, when I worked there I think it was up around nearly 10,000 people travel between Canberra and Goulburn each day for work, Mark. I wonder why Goulburn hasn't been exempted like say Yass has.
1: Well, I imagine Queanbeyan would have to be exempted too. Well,
0: Queanbeyan's exempt, yes, of course. Yeah,
1: well, it's not much of a lockdown uh, and, and border closure if uh, Queanbeyan and Yap. Yeah. So you might as well include Goulburn. It's only a 50 minute drive. You know, it's the exactly. drive down from uh, Campbell down to Federal Parliament. From mm-hmm. Goulburn to uh, the border of the ACT itself would be under 50 minutes. So yeah, it um, it, it's a commutable drive for people, and you'd think sensibly. If people have got essential work in the ACT, if they're defined that way, then Goulburn shouldn't be excluded.
0: Uh, and there have been, not really, there hasn't been a breakout per se in Goulburn oh, at all. Right now, it's one person. Yeah, oh, one I'm talking, person. About, I'm talking about in Goulburn, but the, the the justification of it, mate, is from the ACT government, is, oh, well, Goulburn's on the way to Sydney. That's why they've justified...
1: Oh, well, that's just, that's just silly talk. But in yeah, the right. ACT, they've had one person, some young guy, you've got to say he had stamina... He was out at a nightclub till four thirty and then he backed up for church <laughs> on a Sunday the next day. That's next an urban morning, myth, so. I'll tell
0: you what that is. He was a bouncer. That's he why was a bouncer. That's why he was there till four thirty in the morning. Apparently the guy ah, was actually okay. a bouncer, he was working. <laughs> so he what? was working, and then he went to
1: church. I thought he might have been a young fellow who needed to no. go to church to confess something. But, uh, <laughs> that would have been he's a, a better story. Well oh, yeah, okay, he's doing his job, and, and, yeah. and obviously very devout. He backed up for church. So. Yep. But one, one case you wouldn't think in a place like the ACT, which I said earlier on the Northern Beaches, you know, there'll be automatic social distancing and responses in the ACT without panicking about a single case. That just seems way over the top.